0: Thank you.
1: Welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm Braxton Hunter, and along with me is...
2: Jonathan Pritchett. And
1: we are glad that you are here today on Friday. The week is almost over. Yay! And you get to watch Streaming Church this weekend, so isn't that great? Not Um, me, man. But you're going, huh? Uh,
2: If I can, yeah.
1: And uh, we're glad that all of you all have made it. Thank you for showing up and uh, being here with us. And yeah, so um, as we jump into this, I'm I'm going to... I'm gonna open up a little bit. so about how I think about things when it comes to videos to engage with. So there's actually another video that that I thought about covering um, that makes a lot of the same points that are made in this video. I decided not to do that because, and I don't mean for this to sound insulting to any particular person. The only person that could possibly sound insulting to is the person whose video I didn't play. and I'm not naming that person. but, Um, sometimes certain individuals in the YouTube community can come off as a little bit volatile um, easily upset and uh, maybe maybe not quite ready to have their ideas challenged publicly and I've just found that there are certain um, earmarks of that and uh, the person whose video I was going to cover had some of those but when it comes to him at Meta we've had him at Meta several times before in fact last year last summer uh, Dr. Pritchett and I and Adam Coleman and Christopher Feather uh, did Featherstone come come on there with us?
2: No, uh, MJ Jackson. I
1: knew I knew that uh, Adam Coleman and MJ Jackson and Tim Stratton I think was one that came on there, and we 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 talked about the seventy eight uh seventy eight seventy eight reasons not to be a Christian or something, and uh, so he can take it, and so we're gonna we're gonna cover him today. But the reason we're doing this is because Dr. Pritchett, this is gonna blow your mind, but there are some atheists that don't, that are upset with me. Yeah. And they're upset with me because I indicated that um, all parents indoctrinate their children. Now I did notice that someone already posted pen and posted indoctrination refers to how ideas are shared more than to the fact that they get <laughs> shared. Okay. So that is something that should be considered. If by indoctrination, you have bound up into that, the negative, Understanding that it's not just to teach them doctrine, but that it means don't don't ask me any questions, don't challenge what I'm saying to you, uh, don't investigate it for yourself, just believe it because I'm telling you to believe it. Okay, well then, yeah, that's that's you know that's not great. What what I'm what we're saying here is everyone indoctrinates their kids in that everyone's worldview is going to rub off on their kids and everyone is going to teach directly or indirectly aspects of their worldview to their kids. And I'm going to say more about even if you try not to do that, why it doesn't matter. You're still going to be uh, indoctrinating them in the softer sense of that term anyway. And if indoctrination implies that negative sense of the term indoctrination, then I don't think the best Christian parents do that either. But I do think we all do it sometimes. So let's just jump into this. Pritchett, you have anything to say in terms of preliminary remarks?
2: Atheists getting upset with you for quote-unquote indoctrinating your children is not shocking. What is shocking, since you brought up Adam Coleman, is that he likes cheese and shrimp and his grits. And there's been this whole grit controversy going on uh, on Facebook and in the Bodega group lately. And... I don't, why are you eating grits? Just shrimp and cheese doesn't even sound good, but maybe. You don't like grits? grits. No, I mean, why are you even eating grits if you want shrimp and you want cheese and then tons of butter and sugar? What are you talking about? See, you've missed all of the. the, (laughs) What are you saying? This is more shocking. I'm sorry that. Adam, listen to me. You know I love you, but either just eat grits or eat something else, but what you're eating is.
1: Okay, Mike Winger says hello to my friends at Trinity Radio. Love you guys. We love you too, Mike. And we're going to be done before you go with your live stream. And don't get
2: me started on all the stuff that he says he eats and grits. And I don't even think he was joking. Why are we talking about grits? Because everyone's been talking. Where do you live? Oh yeah, you live in 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 your. Super high class, fancy schmancy. Facebook I eat grits. Group.
1: Trust me, we eat grits. How do you eat your grits? I'm just wondering how we got on the subject because
2: of grits. because I was shocked that Adam Coleman would put cheese.
1: Did he put that in the comments here? No,
2: it's just something that's been going on, and it, I was reminded when you said when okay. you brought his name okay. up. All right. And then what Mr. Well, Fox is doing is just beyond the pale. But okay. Well, uh, how do you eat your grits, though? Just straight. No butter, no
1: sugar, no nothing. Just, just eat gr- it neat. Just grit. There you go that's you eat grits. grits. But I don't mind other people eating it different ways. All right, let's jump into uh, this live. Uh, this, I have it titled live stream. Let's jump into the live stream. We're already in it. Uh, let's take a look at uh, what Hemet Meta has to say about indoctrinating your kids or uh, raising kids.
0: If you're a religious parent, it's very tempting to push faith on your kids as early as possible because you mean well. You think it's good for them.
1: By the way, there are some people saying that their comments, particularly Punchbowl Haircut, is saying that his comments are being deleted. And I just want you to know, I have no idea what that's about. And as I'm looking at YouTube, I'm not seeing where it says comment deleted as it typically would. So it might be a YouTube glitch, but (laughs) Punchbowl Haircut, I can't imagine something that you would comment that I would delete. So uh, anyway, let's keep trucking here. And uh, where'd my thing go? I have no control. There it is.
0: In practice, that might mean you get them baptized shortly after they're born. You get them in Sunday school from an early age so they learn the basics of your religion, and so they can learn morality and ethics. You might get them to pray before going to bed. But consider this. That is a bad idea. You don't need to do any of it. And you might actually be better off not doing it, especially if you're not all that religious to begin with. What if you just didn't tell your kids about God? Not yet. What if you waited until they were a little older to introduce them to the concept? Here's why you should seriously consider that. Morality doesn't require God. Do you think your kids won't learn to be kind, honest?
1: Okay, before we go on, uh, Pritchard, I don't know if you noticed, but he's saying... Here's why you should you shouldn't teach your uh, tell your kids about God, and especially if you're not really sure about it all anyway. So I'm not actually sure who his target audience is. It could be that his target is, Someone who's kind of nominally Christian and is just going to teach their kids about God
2: because that's the way their
1: parents well, taught them, but they don't really believe it. Maybe he's assuming that Christian parents don't really believe it. I don't. I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
2: it's where he's using trappings of Christianity, pastor, Sunday school, whatever, but he's not saying Christianity. He's saying religious.
1: And I don't think he was raised a Christian. I think he was raised in Jainism or whatever. Right. But I. But that said, he's talking about Christianity. That yes. it's clear throughout the video with all the references. Mm-hmm.
0: Decent people unless they're guilt-tripped into doing it? Because morality isn't when you do the right thing because you believe God is watching over your shoulders. It's when you do the right thing even when nobody's watching. Our world is better off when people are helping others without the need for a reward, or when they're giving to those who are less fortunate without expecting anything in return, or when they're telling the truth even though they don't have to.
1: Okay, let's pause here for a minute. He's not done with the point, but Pritchett, um, here's my thinking on this, and tell me where I'm wrong. He's saying, you know, you you shouldn't have to tell people, well, God's going to punish you or God's going to reward you or God's looking over your shoulder. It's better... If you And first of all, let's understand, as we're talking about morality here, and this is a typical point made with values and duties, and atheists really don't like it when you point this out because it's one of those arguments or facts or points that they think that has been debunked for a long, long time. It hasn't been debunked. If atheism is true, there is no ultimate value. There is no ultimate purpose, which means valued terms like better are meaningless. So to say it would be better if people did X, not if your worldview is true. Um, That said... Uh, All he's saying is, I'd like it more, and a lot of people would like it more, right? Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Yes, Christianity talks about um, punishments for for certain things and rewards for certain things. But when I, let's say, don't steal uh, something from the gift rack at Starbucks, Pritchett, it's not because I think that— um, it's not because I'm thinking about some reward I'm going to get for having not stolen it. Or, or if I help a little old om- lady across the street. Yeah,
2: or the omnipresence of God.
1: It's right? not that I'm worried about the fact that God's watching over me. Now, right. if I think deeply about the nature of why I don't steal, uh, I'm going to think of a lot of things. One of those things is going to be, this, and, and principle for me, is this is not what God created me for. This is not what God... Once for me, but that's not, but, but to speak directly to the point that he's making, when it comes to our everyday experience, if he's saying, look, if you raise kids just to be nice people, they'll just be nice people and they won't be doing it so that they don't get punished or get a reward. That's true about Christians too. We're not doing things thinking about the reward. When mothers raise their children and love their children and want to be good parents, they're not trying to be good parents just because they hope that God's going to reward them for that or that they'll be punished if they're not a good parent. They're doing it for the same reason that good atheist parents are doing it, which is they love their kids. So it's, it's not, and this is a common trope that goes around in the atheist community is that, well, you're raising your kids about, you know, thinking about God because if, and they're going to grow up to become a group of people who only ever do the right thing because they want to reward or avoid punishment. And that Mm -hmm. is just a straw man. That's not the way it is. And that should be self-evident if you've known Christians in your life. Right, Pritchett?
2: I, I don't think you're wrong. I will say that the church does actually need to bring back a more robust theology of uh, rewards and punishment and consequences and, and things like that in our actions here. And the. you don't even hear much about that. So, so, so yeah, it's kind of a trope and it's, it's kind of a character caricature. But at the same time, I, I think that theologically speaking we could talk more about <laughs> rewards than we do uh, in churches but that's not that's still never the motivating factor because all of our crowns that we get we cast to jesus feet anyway when we get to heaven it's all because of him anyway so th- it's it's real shallow um but I, I do think that the the idea that i walk around thinking i need to do good because i can get something i get a trinket i get, it, no one really thinks that way about the moral decisions they make on a day-to-day basis, because mo- most decisions aren't really uh, what would you call it? earth-shaking or, or or life-altering decisions on, on a regular basis. You make hundreds of moral decisions that that really you do because of the t- type of person that you are, and you're not really thinking about all of these other things. But when I when I think about raising my kids, the the you, the accounting job that God does in heaven for the list, uh, you know, the, the naughty list and the good list or whatever, that doesn't even factor into it, you know? Right. We teach, when, when, when Christians teach moral principles, number one, we teach that there's an objective founding for morality that is in the God that we worship, and two, the wisdom in living in a certain way that lives in harmonious, uh, you know, setting yourself in with, with God and with crea- the created order of things and how that brings more... Uh, through the wisdom tradition, how that that brings a more beneficial way of of living out your life um, in light of creation, in light of the fall, in light of a holy God, and why certain things and courses of action are better than others. We we teach all of that. Um, It's not about, you know, you get, though I will also say what's wrong with, like when you're raising your young kids, what's wrong with rewarding their positive behavior And then giving them consequences for negative behavior. Well, yeah.
1: Now that's what I was going to say. Everyone does this with their kids at some point growing up. You reward them for good things. You punish them in some way for bad things. And uh, and I mean that that's a part of how we grow up. Um, So it's not. I mean, you can't trash that completely. But obviously, Christian parents do not hope that their children will turn out to be the kind of person that him and it is describing. Um, but, you know what, Eddie Vasquez, uh, as usual, said everything that we just said in a much simpler way. The, this atheist doesn't have a grasp on Christian motives. Right. Which is the is the And the guilt
2: thing. He mentioned the guilt thing, you know. Do you—later uh, on, because we've seen the video, he gets into something that's actually meaningful, and then he poops that, too. Uh, as far as guilt, I don't try to guilt my kids. Any, I think guilt's the most useless thing in the world. Um, so I don't, I don't try to use guilt as any sort of motivator of anything. Uh, but then when he brings up shame, we'll talk more about that and why that I, I think he's dead on wrong about that. But yeah, I, I agree with him on the guilt thing because I think guilt's useless. Guilt is self-serving. It's self-assuaging. If I do something bad, if I have feel guilt over the bad thing that makes me feel better about myself because a good person would not feel good about doing a bad thing. They would feel bad. So I can't be that bad of a person, even though I did a bad thing because yeah, I feel it's, guilty it's, and look at me. I feel so bad. Yeah, That
1: is self-serving
2: useless. Guilt is absolutely yeah. useless. Don't care how guilty you are. I care about do you repent and change your behavior? Cause that's what God cares about. I don't care about how much you wallow in self pity and guilt. Yes. Useless. And,
1: and as I discussed with respect to my wife, when we were talking, when I was giving my uh, kind of life story the other day, um, one of the greatest things was when when she became a Christian, she said, "You know, before I used to feel guilty for things that I did, but this is a completely different experience—the conviction of the Holy Spirit yeah. that I'm feeling." Which um, mm-hmm. Second Corinthians chapter yeah. seven says is a godly sorrow that God works in you. Um, that works repentance not to be repented of. In other words, it works repentance and you should be glad about that. Right? Guilt
2: Um, doesn't do any, doesn't do much good because that's, I'm not talking about legal guilt. I'm talking about emotional guilt. Emotional guilt is just a self-serving, uh, thing to let you know, Oh, I feel bad because I did. It, it never prevented you from doing the thing, right? You didn't feel guilty while you're doing it. You felt guilty afterwards. Yeah. And maybe so, only cause you got, so here, here's the, one of your favorite useless. people, Jonathan. And I think you're going to be on
1: a show again very soon, right? No,
2: I was on his show last Sunday. You missed it, but
1: okay. Uh, um, and Mr. Phil Fox, thank you for that super chat. Yeah. Thank you so much. He says, Love you guys. When did you guys become the coolest cats on the interwebs? Next to Mike Winger, of course.
2: I've been <gasps> blessed true. by Trinity Radio. Mike Winger is cooler than us. I but, don't mind it. But, Mike is, yeah.
1: I, I often say about Mike, and I say it again now, that he's having people like that in my life is a wonderful thing because he represents a person. Who I who has qualities that I would like to emulate exactly, and uh, that's a, and that's true of you, Pritchett too. It is now they're not the same qualities, but but they, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but no. they are qualities.
2: It, Mike Winger, when um, I when I think of when I think of how did how you know not to set the guy on a pedestal. He's he's not perfect. He'll admit that. But what does living out holiness look like in public? That's Mike Winger. Yep. All right, let's keep trucking here. That's to us- be the aspired need
0: religion to. for that. Even kids understand that. Seriously, just teach them the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. That's a good substitute for all things religious, and God has no part in it. Better yet, teach them the platinum rule. Treat others the way they want to be treated.
1: No. Okay, now this is a Hitchens thing. Mm-hmm. That has been said for a long time. You made a good point about it a while ago, Pritchett. Break it down.
2: Well, number one, I mean, doing unto others as you would have them doing to you is a golden rule. It didn't originate with Christianity, but it was repeated by God. So it's obviously something that you should take into account. And God said it himself because Jesus is God. Number two, treat other people the way they should be treated. Okay, everyone, including Hemet, look the way I want to be treated is I want each of you to empty the contents of your wallet and give it to me every time uh, you run into me. And if you don't see me in person, I want all of you to empty your bank accounts into the Trinity radio, uh, Patreon account. That's how I want to be treated. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, and plus, no, it there are good. some ways that people might want me to treat them that actually would be immoral. Right. Exactly. You know, so, you know, so that, that's, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, plus along with, uh, the Christian message, I mean, th- these are the, you know, when Jesus says the gold, gives you the golden rule, part of that is you're going to be living Christianly. Yeah. And so because of that, uh, you know, doing unto others, what you would have them do unto you all works out in all the details because all of the details are bound up in ultimately what all of it boils down to, which is love. Right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's, let's keep, oh, and yeah. Some
2: people are into weird stuff. I don't. I don't want to treat them the way right. they want to right. right, but <laughs>
1: but here's another thing about it. Here's another thing about it. That's why you need an and objective I'm saying this standard. Because I'm a little bit scared where you're going to go with that.
2: But um, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say more than that. I'm just saying that's why we need an objective standard that's independent of us. And that's why I think it's actually good yeah. to have a holy book that God wrote, right, uh, to teach your kids because it's true. But
1: but, but here but here's um, something that that um, that he said a moment ago. He said you don't need religion for this morality. Now he's not making this point. But I want to just say this. If you ever get the chance to watch the movie Collision, and I think it's free on YouTube, which is a series of discussions between Chris, the late Christopher Hitchens and um, Doug uh, Wilson. Wilson. And, and they're, they're in various places, and they discuss a lot of the same things in multiple places throughout the movie. And then watch Hitchens' debates, and you'll see it as well, that Hitchens often characterized the moral argument that is given by people like William Lane Craig and Doug Wilson to be that Christians because of religion are going to be better people than atheists. And I know you have thoughts on that Pritchett, but table those. The the, the truth is that is never what the moral argument that Craig and Douglas Wilson are bringing. They're saying you don't have a foundation. It's not that you can't act morally. It's that you don't have a foundation to, ex- you don't have an explanation. Right. It's epistemology
2: for- versus ontology. Christianity has both the ontology and explains why you can have an epistemology to discover these uh, moral values and duties that deep down as William Lane Craig, we all know it, it's objective. Right. That and so, so right he says,
1: you don't need religion for morality. You don't necessarily need religion to do good things and to understand moral truths, but you need, that's the epistemology to understand moral truths. You do need, as, as Pritchett was saying, you do need God to explain the ontology, the, the foundation for these moral principles. And so On multiple levels, what he's saying here doesn't work.
0: ...respect them. The online version of that, by the way, is only say things in a comment thread that you would say face-to-face and if we all knew your real name. Got it, YouTube? And if that's too much work, how's this? Wait a minute. Be nice. That's it.
2: Has he actually gone outside and talked to people? Five, ten years ago, we used to always say... People say things online they'd never say. No, when you start interacting with people, oh, especially, uh, you know, uh, if you do street evangelism. No, people say uh, they, they'll talk to you the same way they talk online. That whole facade is gone. People have no manners anymore. They'll, they'll say the, the, the type of stuff. Uh, unfortunately. Theology geeks, too. Yeah.
1: You get a bunch of Arminians and Calvinists together and watch what happens. Yeah.
0: That's the tweet. Kids get that, too. That's all of morality. They're more likely to be nice if they understand why it makes
1: That's not all of morale here again, Jesus trumps him at meta, no small feat. <laughs> um I mean no no large feat, I guess I mean to say, uh, for Jesus you know, because what what's being what what he just said is it all boils down to being nice. No, it all boils down to love. Again, I can be nice to you and then talk trash about you behind your back. Yeah. I can I can uh I can uh, be nice to you, and even if I don't talk trash, in my heart feel horrible things about you. But if I would love you, if it all boils down to love, the message of Christ, that's a whole different ballgame.
2: Yeah, you have to change the way you internalize and think about other people. Right, because, because
1: even to hate your brother right, right, is to commit
2: murder in right. your heart.
1: So this is, uh, you know, Jesus wins is the bottom line. Right. To everything.
2: Yeah. Instead of Well, Go ahead. well I mean, here's the thing. It's no secret that I'm naturally dispos- you know, disposed to think certain ways about certain people. Even if I never verbalize it, oh, the things I don't say out loud on Trinity Radio or Trinity Radio Extra or anything else. Now, oh, you all would love to see. No, you wouldn't. It's you would it's, love not to good. See it's not good. some of
1: the really um, colorful and directly applicable points that Pritchett makes mm-hmm. before we turn on the camera that, is, that are better. Then when I say, no, 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 you've got to make that more family friendly. <laughs> right.
2: So, so what I'm saying is, you know, I don't think, I think that changes you when you have to constantly battle yourself to think positive things about people you genuinely don't like and think differently about things that you want to say that you cannot communicate that way because that's not how a Christian should speak. Right. Um to me, that seems to be a higher moral ethic to think pri- in your private. I mean, he says morality is what when no one's looking. Yeah, morality is where no one can get to inside your head. I mean, how much deeper does it go when you have the Holy Spirit constantly checking your internal thoughts? You know, it's crazy, and it makes. But but the discipline, the spiritual disciplines in Christianity, that teach you to constantly check yourself and to always look for the good and the true and the beautiful, and, you know, even if you can't go further than the Imago Day and someone else, right? And find it. Yes. And, and, and come to a place of pe- that changes you morally and, and you progressively get better. We call it sanctification. And I yes. think that's a, that's a good thing.
1: Amen. And financially demonstrating that Jesus wins. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Scott Despain gives us $777 uh, super chat. Uh, thank you so much, Jeremy Despain. That means so much. If check out his channel, folks. If a majority of atheists are hard determinists, why are they concerned about the choices of parents to teach their children anything? Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna steel man the determinist position here. There are Christian determinists and atheist determinists. Uh, I'm we're not determinists. Uh, but um the determinist would say something like, Well, because um what even if I'm determined to teach my children certain things, and even if they're determined to think and respond and do certain things as a result. um, I'm, I might, I might be the determinative cog that leads to them acting a certain way. Right. And so that's, that's how all that plays out. And they'll say,
2: and aren't I lucky that the chain of dominoes landed to where I'm the type of person that would teach them my high moral standards. Yes. But of course, the only reason I've determined to teach them, uh, which is, which is the moral equivalent of determinism of teaching them to chop up babies. Right, I mean, you just got it's you just got lucky. That, that well, that even was, if it's not the moral equi- right. equivalent, as I
1: always say, it could still be on objective. atheism. It it's is still, well, not, yeah, not on atheism, on yeah. determinism. Yeah. It 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 would still you could perhaps still say it was wrong, but it's moot morality. It's like right. if I find myself being the kind of person that would be a racial hater versus the kind of person who would work for uh, racial equality. Either way, I, it's just the luck of the draw. Yeah. It's whatever determines. and your thinking. That you're a good person for raising your kids a certain way. Those views about whatever is moral there are the views that you're determined to hold. And so you can't really know, you can't get outside of the determinism to assess it.
2: Well, that's what I like about the atheist determinists though. Because you 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 spell out all the implications to them and you're like, yeah, so, right? You do that to a Calvinist and don't like the consequences of their ideas, right? Uh, they, but but at least atheists, it's like yeah, it's pure rant. But yeah, I mean from our perspective, pure, this deterministic chain that led them to be horrible and whatever, yeah, it's too bad for them. But you know. So I, I can't is.
1: find the comments. Put it on the screen, but uh, Black, yes, sure I can. Um, Black Tuesday film says, do you believe moral obligations and determinism are incompatible? No, I just think it's a. I think they're practically incompatible. I think yeah. it's a moot point. You can say like, let's say you have an atheist determinist here. Now we don't believe you can have actually, ultimately, objective morality on atheism. Right. But let's just say that you could. Let's give you that for the sake of argument. Again, whatever I find myself doing is what I was determined to do. So if I find myself doing the objectively moral thing, well, high five. If I find myself doing the objectively evil thing, well, that's that's just what happens. So this is one of the reasons why it makes no sense to, you can hold people responsible, counterintuitively, like you can put them in jail for something, but as Leighton Flowers would say, they are not response able, right? They, well, he, they,
2: I like what, what what he says is you. They're punishable, but they're not responsible,
1: right? right. And you can you can't. The point the point is they're not praiseworthy or blameworthy. Ultimately, yeah. they're just a thing that did a thing, and you like it or don't like it. but right. That's just the way it is. And there's something else I wanted to get to here because I love this. Thank you, um, Marvallis, for that uh, uh, super chat. That means so Marvelous. much to us. Oh, Marvel! Ah, ah, woo, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm but, so but, glad you're here. Okay. Um, but
2: I, I, I'm guessing Alice is somewhere part of the... I mean, uh, Maybe
1: she's married to Marv. I don't know. But Maybe she, she
2: likes to go by Marv. We don't know.
1: I bet she'd like her uh, super chat read. Yeah. She says, being <laughs> nice has nothing to do with morality. Serial killers are nice. Nice is a standard, not a virtue. Absolutely. What do they Thank always you. say when they catch a serial killer? The person that lived next door to them. What do they always say? They're so nice. Such a nice guy. Yeah. Why am I having more fun with this super, this uh, live stream today than I typically would? All right, let's get back to him. I'm okay. doing
0: it because you tell them it's one of God's special rules. You don't need religion to teach morality. Religion invite.
1: Well, okay, now, first of all, um, this is like the whole thing of, did people not know it was wrong to uh, to uh, commit adultery before it was given on Sinai? Like, of course, they, they were aware of moral principles. This is now... Um, a a um a formalizing of God's uh, plans moral for law. His people yeah. of, his, of His moral law, right? And uh, and and that's uh, I think that's an important piece of this. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the the thing is, it's yeah, it may be one of God's rules, but here's the other thing: in the specifics of morality, there are specifics. For example, we argue about things politically because we disagree morally about things, and in the specifics of morality. You do need some more detailed laws about that. I mean, right. for example, if I'm driving through a city I've never been in, and the speed limit is 35, and I think that it's 50, um, there's nothing within me that 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 tells me that it's fifty that it's 35, right? I, I'm I'm unsure. I might say, well, you know, I I I have impressions that if I'm driving 10 miles an hour on the freeway, that's not right, or that if I'm driving 80 miles an hour on a country road, that's not right. But this is gray. And I would like some greater clarity on this. And so uh, that's an important thing.
0: Yeah. All right, let's go. Shame.
1: Shame. Oh, Pritchett, you love talking about shame. So
0: much of religion, especially Christianity, Catholicism, involves telling people that without God, they're worthless. They are sinners. They're unsaved. They're lost. They have a God-shaped hole in their heart. Basically, there is something wrong with them. That's never been true. But what a horrible thing to tell your children for them to believe they're wretches in need of supernatural intervention. It's even worse to tell them Jesus was murdered because of something they did without even realizing it.
2: Nah, that did, no that what that demonstrates is their worth, right? Not not their worthlessness.
1: Oh, right. They were worth yeah. they, God valued. Now it's it's sacredness, it's an ascribed Thing, but we are image bearers, and so we we actually have our worth. Now, if you're an atheist and there's no ultimate values, then ultimately there is no worth.
2: Yeah, there's a you uh, and the 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 cat. Just like they say, if you boiled down all your chemicals
1: into their component parts or whatever, and gave them to a scientist, they'd be worth like two bucks or something. Right. But even that is uh, subjectively decided upon value. Right. It's like it's like you're not worth anything. Ultimately, yeah. if atheism is true, right. if Christianity is true, you have worth. You're made in the yeah. image of God.
2: Now, I I will say it's fair to say, because some people just have worm theology all day long. They take hyperbolic statements about uh, humanity, normally given in times of... Uh, like
1: Elizabeth Maines, you're talking yeah. about people like Elizabeth Maynes, who says they are little monsters. Yeah. Is that the kind of person uh, you're talking and,
2: about? And think that that's all that Scripture... Ha- and preachers don't do a good job, you know giving this one-sided worm theology about their anthropological views of man that they think is actually you're talking about paul washer right um
1: paul Washer, the american gospel guy says that man is worthless and the cross shows the seriousness of sin and wasn't about love right that's stupid
2: stupid um it's a it's a great half truth where the hyperbole is dialed up to 11 and they stay there constantly that's Imbalanced. It's unbiblical and it's nonsense. And so I understand some of this uh, pushback on that. Um, but there, but again, that's you. You have to balance that out. But there is a bit that, yeah, wretched sinner, okay, uh, and that Jesus saved a wretch like me. We all sing that. Um, young kids don't, in my view, understand the seriousness of their sin in light of a holy God. Um, and not just their individual sins, but the sins of of, of communities and and everything else, um, and, and just the fallen order of things. Okay, they don't recognize that as kids, anyway. So well, let's it's, talk it's about not, that though yeah. for a
1: minute. When it comes to original sin, I can't blame Hemet Meta for this because one of the most uh, talked about expressions of Christian understandings about original sin is that you are not only born. Uh, with a, and this is, I like this, I think this expresses all of Christianity in part, but it is from the Baptist faith and message. But it says, you, you what we inherited from Adam was a nature and environment inclined towards sin. Now, no Christian's going to disagree with that if they're really a Christian. Mm-hmm. But then what many Christians say in addition to that is that you're also born guilty and personally guilty of what Adam did long before you were ever born. And atheists often You know, criticize that, and I understand why they criticize that. Many of my Christian brothers, perhaps in the chat, do hold that position. Well, I'm not here to beat you over the head about it, but I am here to say that I think we do inherit a nature and environment inclined towards sin from Adam, and we do know because of Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all will sin, but that you have a sin nature, a nature and environment that inclines you towards sin, is a different concept from you having a guilt nature being personally culpable for Adam's sin. Now, um, everyone will do their own sinning and and yeah. you are certainly culpable for that. And so, I, you know, when it comes to kids, I think people in the chat that are making this point are making a really good point that, yeah, you watch kids too very long, they'll start understanding what right and wrong is and they'll do enough for their own right and wrong, right? Yeah. right. Um. So that's
2: I, yeah. I, when it comes to original sin, I, I like I don't believe in original guilt uh, on on that whole thing. Even though, as I always point out, you know you have uh, a whole you know millions and millions of your own sins to account for. Having one more from Adam dumped on you is not really uh, okay. But I mean, at the same time, I don't believe it because I don't think that's what the Bible's teaching. We're born with a death nature, and the, and sin reigns in death, and that's what Paul says. So, mm-hmm. But but this idea about worthlessness i don't I, if if jesus dies for humankind that tells me that humankind is some value so i don't i don't like worthless language with respect to human beings bearing the image of god now sinful wretched yeah and, and you know you can do the psalmist and you can ramp up that, that hyperbole like paul does and uh the catena of Romans three, all of that. Yeah. But you got to balance that out. I I get it that Paul washer and others aren't really, well, actually, actually, let's,
1: let's throw this up here by way of, uh, of repairing that uh, little comment. Uh, That was what someone had put up as a comment, but Justin Brown says, I think Paul Washer's sentiment was straw man in the comment. Pritchett replied to not that you, uh, yeah. Were you were already mid sentence replying to people that feel that way? No, I've so I've, I've actually
2: heard worthless language. I've heard this world is trash and it's going to be, you know, completely discontinued. Which of course is sits odd with actual Christian eschatology. I but you know, Frumpy Paul Washer and I, I, I mean, he says some stuff that's okay, but no, he if his position was straw man, he, Paul Washer earned it because Paul Washer is the the guy who. Who mean mugs and and is prone to hyperbolic rhetoric all the time. He ramps that up so th- that sentiment is not a straw man, even if that's not his exact words. So I'm I'm going to bail out mm. our commenter because I mean Paul Washer just that's hit that's been his stick that made him famous. Well, uh, sometimes you have to kick back against that because it's well, let, let out Let me of just
1: let me just say while you've just done a very Pritchett full job there <laughs> that I'm actually wearing uh jonathan pritchett shirt that says that's enough pseudo intellectual blather yeah. and by the way if you'll just look below the youtube video you're watching right now you'll notice that there are t-shirts and stuff there and one of them is that t-shirt which is our best-selling t-shirt no the, the other one
2: the the, the pseudo pious sanctimonious blather that and that's the better one than the pseudo intellectual because that's the one that you wear to in 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 that's the that's the shirt that you point to when Paul Washer's speaking, because sometimes he gets off on that. And I, I'm not I don't I don't dislike Paul Washer personally, but he does carry that. And you know what? I even saw a Paul Washer video once where he said, the one thing I didn't do in my career is talk enough about the love of God. And but yet we never saw him ever do anything with that. So uh, or at least not that I've seen, but I stopped watching him long ago because
0: there's not much value there. All right.
2: Let's get back to him. at Meta.
0: You died for your sins. Don't, don't do that to them. Trust me, they will get older and they are going to feel shame about everything.
1: Okay. Now understand that's the point. At some point people are going to experience shame. Let's say they're 18 years old because almost all 18 year olds by that point have experienced shame about something or should have experienced
2: shame about something. And
1: we hope they do. so, So now here's the thing. What do you want? Do you want them to have been raised to that point to understand? Look, uh, you're going to experience shame in your life. You're going to do things that are wrong. You're going to do things that break God's commands and what God wants and what God created you for. But everyone does that. Look here in the Bible. It says Romans three twenty three. all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. I've done that. Your mom's done that. We've all done that. Um, even the greatest preacher you know has done that. And you know what? Um, there is, a, that's a, it's not okay that you did that, but there is a way out of this because Jesus died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And listen to me, internet, the sins of every single individual on the face of planet earth who has ever lived or ever will live. And as a result of that, you can, uh, be saved. You can be forgiven. He will take your shame. And so, uh, that's the message I want to hear rather than, uh, snowballing, not preparing them for the shame that's going to come when suddenly they're 18 years old and now they feel like they're just a horrible person and now they develop all kinds of problems as a result of
2: that. Yeah, the biblical culture is an honor-shame culture. Shame, I'm all for it. Guilt, throw that in the trash. But shame, I I hope that people feel shame when they do bad things, right? Because shame is actually a powerful motivator to, one, prevent people from doing bad things, and, and two, to correct the bad thing that they did because if they're especially if it's public saying now if it's just shame inside the family and of course in the ancient world you tried to cover up all the shame so it wasn't exposed beyond the the kin but but if you had to you would do it but public shame and humiliation is a powerful tool for corrective behavior not just for the person who committed the offense but anyone who views the consequences of that shameful behavior so shame is good for preempting immoral behavior, and it's good for correcting immoral behavior, both in you and others, so that they are, you know...
1: Did you Are you responding to this? Um, Wait, guilt is useless, but you want people to feel shame?
2: Absolutely. go. I just explained why. He's saying,
1: let me nutshell it for you. Okay. Guilt is something you feel, and then you get to feel good about yourself that you felt it, because bad people wouldn't feel that guilt over what you just felt. And it's ultimately self-serving in that sense. And it's just a natural part of your makeup. But shame yeah. is... different animal
2: yeah shame is a powerful motivator to prevent immoral behavior and to correct immoral behavior in both the perpetrator of the immoral behavior and others who witness uh the consequences of that behavior in a public way um that's in fact i mean most of the modern world uh, outside of the west is still honor shame cultures and uh you know it's just i think it's that just works better yeah we we, i mean not Mm -hmm. that we don't have shame in our culture we do It's just, we, what happens when somebody does something they go and, you know, for Hollywood, it's, we're, I'm going to rehab, you know, for politicians, they come out with the mea copa apology and they talk about, how horrible they feel to Diane Sawyer or whoever the person is now. I'm probably giving away my age, but I don't know who they... Diane Sawyer. She's oh, is she still doing it?
1: No, I'm just saying. That. No,
2: I'm just saying when you go on the program and and grovel and talk about how guilty you felt and how bad you feel, that does nothing to correct your behavior.
1: Right. And now what we get, and I'm not I'm not a mental health professional, and there are certainly times where medications might be necessary. I'm on medications. But the fact is we what through medication or through uh just speaking about it um and counseling people it almost seems like sometimes what's going on is we've got to help you feel better about what's going on rather than resolve what's going on because what you did was crummy
2: yeah
1: not always okay let's get back to him at meta
0: you don't need to pile on from birth let kids be curious
1: now before we get into let kids be curious, what did I pause it already? Is that what you're laughing at?
2: Yeah, I mean, we're gonna. This is gonna be two shows. I can tell. No,
1: no, no. It's not. We just may not get through everything that he says. Right. But uh, but I, I did want to say one. Of, there was another video. There were multiple videos I looked at, and one of the videos I looked at, the person was saying. Well, you know, one of the things is let kids be curious and let them be familiar with apps. Get them educational apps. There are all these people out there that don't want their kids to have an iPad and don't want their kids to use apps. And I'm thinking, OK, now this is an atheist video. So even though this person isn't specifically saying they're talking about Christian homeschool people, uh, the truth is those people are often pretty, uh, you know, hardcore Christians. And uh, where did my where did my screen picture go here? And then I'm like, it's not like that Christians running moms of faith, edgy, honest and real wouldn't make an article 10 best apps for homeschoolers and giving you a number of educational apps uh, that are not even some of them Christian. So. Um, I, I think there's like, what is this idea that we, what do outsiders think goes on in Christian homeschooling Christian? I don't know, school? but
2: our kid, our Christian kids in my homeschool are reading pagan literature and books that they're now saying are horrible and they, they like want to get Seuss? Well, no, not, not Dr. <laughs> Seuss, but just, there's a whole bunch of nonsense, uh, because in the humanities around the country right now, and a lot of it comes out of these social science departments. And when, you know, the, just whining about, uh, you know, the the Western canon, uh, some of the critiques are valid. Most of them aren't. And, you know, I'm just saying we don't. Who's are the ones that are exposing their kids to the widest range of ideas? Well, it turns out it's uh, – Christian the, homeschooler people. Well, yeah, and unfortunately, we're leaving it to mostly the Calvinists because they, they seem to be on top of that more so. than They're doing the, a lot of that. They're doing a lot of that, and we're doing a lot of that. We're doing it. We're a couple Orthodox of non-Calvinists Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying they're on I mean, top. we're not doing
1: it, but no. our wives are. <laughs> uh, well, I like to I like to break it up. We do. We teach the Bible, right? That's yeah, what we teach. We <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, and and the wives teach
2: it. all the godless pagans. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, well, I'm, I hope you're not watching, honey. Get, she doesn't watch this. Are you <laughs> no. kidding? Let's get back to Kids it. Kids should never grow up thinking God did it is an acceptable answer for anything.
2: What if the answer
1: to the question is God did it?
2: Right. Now,
0: yeah, God
2: did it is an ultimate answer. Is dad
1: did it ever an answer to a question? Who took the trash out? Dad did it. Yeah. Okay, there are some things that if God exists, God does. And from this point on in the video, if it hasn't already been obvious he's he's just presuming the falsehood of christianity to begin with
2: right but i I want to say this saying god did it he and i'm going to preempt we've seen save time anyway i'm going to preempt what he says look uh, and we can skip it at the end of the day god did it is not the end of the discussion like this guy wants to assume it is because god did it is an ultimate answer it's not an explanation of how god did it which is the inquiry of science and philosophy and everything else so I have never seen curiosity killed because of the answer God did it that Richard Dawkins wants to trademark. Never once. That that that. See, this is goes back to the comment earlier that they don't understand. You need to come live in our world. Yes, I'm sure you can find the worst fundamentalist, you know, backwoods people in Alabama that don't want to hear. Sorry, Alabama. Uh,
1: Why are you dissing Alabama? Okay, You're from West Arkansas, Virginia. bro.
2: You know, it's almost heaven. <laughs> is anyway. that the thing? If you're yeah. from
1: Arkansas, the only state you can diss is Alabama.
2: Yes, it used to be Mississippi, <laughs> but then they got the casinos and their roads got better than ours. So, I mean, so I'll if, diss if, them if, for if, their casinos, yeah, right? But I'm just saying, God did it has never stopped inquiry at all. I don't. It's, that's stupid. But He does. You know. Anyway, go ahead. Don't Kit playing.
1: Horton. He's from
2: Montgomery, Alabama. I love Alabama.
1: No, it's too late.
2: No, they
0: they win all the You taught your Alabama
1: worm theology. All right, now let's go on with Oh, you want to shift. I'm skip sure this.
0: all of us were annoyed when our parents responded to our questions with because I said so. No, that's okay. a good answer too. Everybody
1: has said that to their kids or an equivalent to that. You may have tried okay. I made a commitment, Pritchett, and I'm sure you did too, that when my kids asked me questions mm-hmm. that 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 I thought were valuable, needs to be answered, you know, those kind of things, I, I try to answer all their questions. Even mm-hmm. if they ask me why I did something, you know, you know, around the house, I try to a- answer those questions. I feel like that's good. I agree with atheists, and I think atheists are wrong that Christians don't try to operate that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I'm speaking in generalities here. However, um, that there, if you try to answer every question, your kid, have you ever had a five year old in the house? Yeah. The eight year olds are the most philosophically minded of all people. When else are you going to have a kid, a person walk up to you and say, wonder what it would like to be a, be a tree. I've thought about that today. What, what if I was a tree? You know, the, if they start, they're going to start asking you questions. Why, why, why? One of the things we used to keep that we kept this kid when he was five years old um named noah who was a friend of the family and and he was sitting in the back seat and he pointed at the dashboard as we were driving down the road and he said what's that i said that's the speedometer he said why i said so we know how fast we're going he said why i said so i don't get a speeding ticket why because i like my money that's why where are we going well we're going to a gas station don't ask me any more questions well are they going to have a swimming pool there a swimming pool probably not well if they do can we go swimming no why I mean, this is how kids are at a certain age, and you're going to get to a point, as any parent, where one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to say, stop asking me any more questions right now, or you're going to keep trying to answer them and ultimately explode in frustration, which is less healthy. Right? You cannot answer all your kids' questions.
2: And sometimes, there are times, and that doesn't kill the curiosity. They'll still ask questions. But uh, sometimes, because I said so, is a sufficient reason and no further dis- in the real world bosses like Braxton Hunter will out- tell me to do something and if I say why you know he's like I- you don't need to know why just go do it and by the way I could probably get it done faster than he could explain why he needs it done why don't I just go do it Amen. And-, and get it over with right bosses do that employers do that all kinds of people say because what? I said so, and they don't have time to go into everything with you when you want. to Well, answered. what about when Let's you tell it.
1: when you tell me that?
2: Because you never even care why, though. I mean, you, you say <laughs> why, and it's like I can explain it to you. How long you got? No, I just go do it. So you, you I, don't, so, don't want to hear my explanation. So we have
1: in the store in the yeah. Trinity Radio on Teespring, we have the Why T-shirt. It just yeah. says Why, and uh, Eddie Vasquez has one and says it's a great conversation starter. Why? But why? (laughs) Yeah. No, Um, I'm just saying.
2: This we're never going to get through this guy. Yeah, but I'm sorry because I said so. Sometimes is a great answer. Sometimes that's the answer. And if it does kill the questions, it saves your sanity as a parent.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right.
0: It wasn't an answer. It was a way to end the conversation. That's right. Same thing as God did it. No. God will take care of it. It's a cop out. No. Kids are born curious. As it's not a cop-out because
2: that God did something doesn't explain how. You can still go into the curiosity of how that came to be. I did. No, it's not the same thing. you got to love Slam RN. Yeah. Stop,
1: stop spamming the chat with repeated dumb statements. That's a Jonathan Pritchett comment. There you right go. There. Gregory Fisher, thank you for that super chat. Keep it up. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Gregory Fisher, we love you. Yeah. Just the way you are. All right, let's keep going.
0: A lot of them lose that spirit, partly because we discourage them from asking. Name three.
2: What? A lot of these kids lose that. Name three. Lose what? That spirit of curiosity and stuff because you just say God did it and that's not an answer to anything.
1: Well, you need to actually provide people with some level of rigorous education or else they get curious enough that they end up with these sorts of ideas. Right.
0: Let's give them more opportunities to discover things for themselves. I
1: shouldn't have said that. That was mean. That was mean, Hemet Mehta. How did, I, I but, apologize.
0: But Hemet, Please
1: forgive me.
2: Yeah, forgive him, but not me. I'm not asking for it. Why do you think this kills anything? Have you been around a lot of people to, to confirm this? Or are you just riffing? Because it has never, in my experience, led to any of this. Yeah. Right.
1: Hey, Layman's Tech Lounge actually has some good advice here. I tell my kids they can ask why after they answer, yes, sir, and do whatever they were told to do. So if I ask my kids to do something, they say, yes, sir, they go do it. And then I say, now, do, would you like to know why I asked you to do that? That's pretty good. And by
2: then they probably don't care. <laughs> yeah, that, <that's laughs> they want to the go, right go there, play, right? Yeah. right? They don't care anymore.
0: As annoying as it might be, your kids asking why, is really a wonderful thing because it means they want to know stuff.
1: Yeah, Christians believe all this. Yeah. Christians don't deny this. Yeah. Oh, there. Okay. There next we one. go.
0: Curiosity. Your kids will trust you more. Kids will believe anything you tell them, at least at first. If you want to develop a stronger bond with your child, lying doesn't help. Because.
1: Okay. Presuming that a Christian parent raising a Christian kid is lying to them. I mean, people on the Internet play really fast and loose with two words, dishonest and lying, both of which speak to your intent. How do you know that I'm intentionally telling them something that's not true? Whatever the subject.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm just going to say this so that you don't have to, and they can clip me out and you'll be spared this. Habit, you're a liar. Christianity is true. Christian apologists for 2,000 years have refuted everything any of you people have tried to bring, from the atheist to every other religion in the world. We keep shooting it down because the truth is the truth, and Christianity is true. So stop lying to people. There you go.
1: Well, the presuppositionalists will certainly agree with you that it's a I'm lie. not anti-presuppositionalist. And, and, and you will be clicked out, but not by me. There are out, things that are right me. about. You will be clipped out. There but are not...
2: thi- I don't mind. I've said it a million times this program. Don't mind presuppositions. There are things they are right about. One thing that they are right about is that Christianity is true, and it's impossible for it to be false.
1: You will be clipped out, but not by me. It'll be by someone who wants to make that its own video.
2: Yeah. They realize... Yeah, I'm sorry, but you guys have been refuted. It's done. Christianity is true. So now y'all are just lying to people. The theme of the show
1: today, Jesus wins.
2: All They're atheists lying. are lying all the time, right? No. Can we? <laughs> no, this is what they do. Why not? Because I'm not doing Cause... that. Well, I'm just, I
1: think most of them. Are, hey,
2: he is treating me right how I want to be, how he thinks I oh, want to be treated. Treating, yeah, so the platinum rule. Right. So I'm, oh, there you go. <laughs> Happy? Okay.
1: Roddy Tucker. I love you, man. Roddy Fine. Tucker, thank you so Woo-hoo! much. woo What are you just, did your wife know what you give to shows, thank yeah. you so much. Greetings, guys. Have a coffee and lunch on me. Got the framed page of Paley's Natural Theology the other day. Thanks. For who? Awesome, awesome. That is so. Oh.
2: Thank you. Bless you. May Love your children Rodney. rise. I hope up you're feeling better. Blessing. Hope that shoulder's healing up and all the other stuff, man. I know. We've been praying for Rodney.
1: I don't know what you think is silly, bearded beard slap radio, but I agree with you. All right, let's let's go ahead with this now
0: they'll make a mental note not to take you seriously in the future. Telling them the Bible is true then is going to be a problem the moment they find a contradiction or realize there's no way the world was created in six days or understand people don't rise up from the dead outside of zombie movies. Just because you mean well doesn't mean your kids will come around to your way of thinking.
1: Okay, number one, you're presuming that those things are false to make your point yeah secondly uh it's not as though christians don't have varying opinions about that uh, about the six days of
2: creation right don't say don't tell your kids about god because you'd be lying to yeah that's that's like saying don't tell your kids there is no god because you're lying to them god exists and christianity is true and god raised jesus from the dead and then everyone else is going to have a resurrection at the paris i mean so stop lying atheists Come on. This is not how ha- they, they call him the friendly alias. The this is not a way to communicate in any way for me to take you seriously. Thanks. You tell me what I should and should. You want me to, he wants us religious people to take him seriously and consider what he's saying. Well, don't lie to your kids because that's what you're inclined to do. Well, that's not going to really warm people up to him <laughs> too well. So, especially when, yeah, people like me are saying, no, you're the liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. Right.
0: Never gonna come to you for the big thing.
2: Sometimes we have to say Christian stuff. I know stuff some atheists who honestly
0: feel conflicted about introducing their kids to the idea of Santa Claus for that very reason. I mean, I do it; it's fun for me.
1: I'm playing by his rules more than he is. I didn't teach my kids about Santa Claus. Sorry if if you have any kids in the room. I, I, in fact, you might want to go ahead and pause this and watch it later if you have kids in the room because I'm about to blow the lid off of a great conspiracy. There was your moment to do that. It's on you after this. But I taught my kids, when my kids first asked me, is Santa, I don't even think I waited. I just told them, you know, Santa Claus is just for fun, right? But this is all about Jesus, and that's real. I did that early on. I always taught my kids the truth. Now, I don't, like, begrudge people that do. It's just that I didn't want to play that. The very thing he's talking about, that they would think that I had deceived them intentionally. Whether it really is that big a deal or not, I went over and above, and and we still have a fun time. We still Santa's still a part of it. Is that we're not one of those, you know, families that like doesn't have a Christmas tree in the house, or uh, doesn't have Santa Claus stuff, and we, we're all for that, just like Mickey Mouse or you know whatever. It, it's a part of culture, but we make sure that is clearly separated in their thinking from the truth about the nature of reality, which yeah. is the Christian faith.
2: Jesus is Lord of Santa.
1: Yeah. All right. Yes, Jesus. Santa's a Christian
2: in our house. <laughs> he is <laughs> a
0: Christian. <laughs> oh, man. But I get where they're coming from. Even yeah, a I lie- don't
1: need you to tell me. The point is, I'm already doing what he wants me to do more than he's doing what he wants
0: me to do. Right.
1: Where is it? I lost it. There it is.
0: But still gets credit. Where
1: is it?
2: Where's what? I, I hate doing it this way. It's so unprofessional. I know but you know what uh, there, there's the it's challenge the assumption thing is is a good
0: thing and that is thing? tempting as a parent because trust me there are so many times i wish my kids would just shut up and listen to me but if an adult does something that doesn't make sense to them i want kids to push back okay. i want them to ask questions
1: Chal- I- challenging authority here so mm-hmm. he, now, oh yeah challenging it, it, authority this goes both ways okay because When I got to my philosophy class at Middle Tennessee State University and there was one Christian kid up there, one like hardcore Christian. Now, I was enough of an introvert still at that point in my life that I wasn't going to be asking any questions of a philosophical nature in front of a jury of my peers. But the kid up on the front, he was not an introvert. He had his Ichthus hat on It said Jesus and Christian t-shirt from some dopey camp he went the to and, all that. And, and he said everything that i yeah something like that <laughs> derivative christian and he said everything that i wanted him to say yeah. and and he was marginalized in the class and, and and thought of as a weirdo and made to be thought of, you know because he was challenging the authority of the professor of the class so this goes both ways
0: I don't want them to do things just because an authority figure told them to do it if they think they know better.
1: Plus, we're living in a culture now where if you go against the authorities on social media, I mean, I'm, I'm about to, I'm, I got, I'm I'm that close to this becoming a political show, <laughs> but I'm going to resist the urge. <laughs> Please do.
0: Let them speak up. Just because someone's a pastor. Just doesn't follow mean the science, Braxton. Knows everything or that he's always telling the truth. Pretend that means something. Same with parents. But no one raises kids to hold up citation-needed signs in church.
1: Actually, in Sean McDowell's latest book with J. Warner Wallace, they do point out that now you better know that everything you're saying in church is being fact-checked because kids have phones right there in the pew and they will fact-check everything that you're saying.
2: Or you're poor Brett and you have seminary professors sitting (laughs) in your your church.
1: I mean, like if you're a pastor out there and you've got that you're using sermon illustrations or giving statistics or whatever, just know there's an army of people out there with phones that are fact checking.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't that would Not Be a bad idea. You can avoid indoctrination. If you're religious.
1: okay, here's where I'm going to make my speech that I did this for. It's not going to be long, but here's what I want you to hear me say. You are going to indoctrinate your kids on some level. Everyone will because number one, Hemet Mehta is trying to indoctrinate me right now. But second, on a soft understanding of indoctrination. But secondly, uh, there was a guy in another video I was looking at, and he's like, Look, we don't just teach them Christianity in our house. We're an atheist household. We show them Christianity, the Bible here. We've got the Quran. We've got the Book of Mormon. We've got whatever. Um, and he, and he's like, we go, we look at all that stuff, which I'm, I really wonder how much of a deep dive they're going into on the, uh, you know, the Dhammapada or something. But the thing about it is, um, we go through all of that stuff and we, we, uh, we reveal all this about ancient Greek stuff. And listen to me, my kid, my oldest daughter is a Greek God's geek. That's a tongue twister. She knows everything about Athena and Artemis. I mean, when I was over in Turkey, and we had in Ephesus, the temple of Artemis there and everything. I could have called her to get answers about what I should put in the script because she knows all that stuff. We teach our kids that stuff. She knew that it was all make-believe. It's like the Avengers. She knows that. Um, but, but but the idea that we don't teach that. But here's the thing. No matter what you teach your kids or how spread out or how you think you're teaching them critical thinking skills so that then they can form their own ideas about it, your kids... The, the family setup is a setup. The parent-child relationship is set up to communicate worldviews from one generation to the next. And sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. Here's why. Unless you're a horrible parent, unless you're abusive or something or neglectful or absentee, your kids are going to think you're a rock star at least during the formative years of their life, they're going to think you're awesome. They're going to want to be like you. And so as a result of that, what they're going to want to do, what they're going to figure out what your worldview is. Are you going to hide it from them? Are they not going to notice that you've got five copies? of the God delusion so that you can give away four of them to people when you do your atheist evangelism? Do you not think they know that you're in there making a YouTube video about atheism and hearing it through the door? You don't think they overhear your conversations with other friends or on the phone or whatever else? They know what your worldview is, and they're going to be disposed toward that because they know you're into that, and they want to do what you want to do. They want to believe what you believe, at least at first. And so you're going to end up indoctrinating them whether you like it or not, because that is the nature of the parent-child relationship. So what you need to do is, I agree we teach them critical thinking skills. I agree we give them the whole ball of wax, which we're going to find out before this video is done. And of course, the title of his video is, Don't Tell Your Kids About God. Actually, restrict information from them. Um, But we want to tell them the whole ball of wax and teach them all those things. But make sure what we're indoctrinating them with is correct. Because if you're going to indoctrinate someone with something, you want to make sure that you're giving them good nourishment. End of rant. You missed a couple of super chats. Well, I, you know, I had to do what I had to do. Marvalis. marvelous, (laughs) Marvalis. Says, I was raised in a cult that downplays free thinking, but I still ended up in an extremely curious person, almost like, his point is baseless. Thank you. I agree. That was marvelous. Yes. Marvelous,
2: marvelous. And then Derek
1: uh, Derek Baylor says, the only difference between indoctrination and education is whether the accuser agrees with what's being taught.
2: That's one way to look at it.
1: And you know, but but again, I want to highlight that people are going to say that the difference about indoctrination is that, you're, you're, that it can't be questioned what's being said. But that is a particular definition of indoctrination. Yeah. Um the the, very the only of, meaning of it. Right. Yeah. Um, and now, there was someone down here. Gross. I can't believe Jason. Wow. Miles. Didn't you do this last week, Jason Miles? Jason Miles, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Blessings on yes. you. I so appreciate it. I'm just blown away by this. I just, it's unbelievable. Man. Unbelievable. I... You know, when we used to do this show, Pritchett Just pause this for a second Because it's already paused When we used to do this show down the hall in a different room Before we understood how to live stream We were just recording ourselves talking Yeah. We didn't realize the community And fun And encouragement that could come yes. With something like this What did I do to my uh, What did I do? There we go I didn't think I liked this color spread But I think I'm digging it yeah. Alright, let right, uh, let's, let's keep going with this now
0: and you want your kids to be religious indoctrinating them is a horrible way to do it because the backlash could be huge i would say that
1: oh actually i missed one justin brown says there's a new believer in the chat who asks how to be born again what it means can you address that sorry it's super off topic it's never off topic on trinity Nope, Radio. that's what we're about so um whoever you are first of all thank you for being here we're glad you found the channel And I want you to know that um, that subject, uh, people being born again and coming to know who Jesus is and starting a relationship with him and adopting the Christian faith, is actually what I'm fundamentally interested in. Defending it and demonstrating that it's true is secondary to me. The most important thing is to present the message of the Bible, to present the message of the Christian faith. So, first of all, um, this language of born again comes from John chapter 3, where Jesus says to Nicodemus, uh, it says uh, uh, Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus by night and um, he asked him who he was that could do the, the things that Jesus did, because this person has to be from God to do all the things that Jesus does. And Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says, he takes it hyper literally, and he's like, can a man crawl back into his mother's womb a second time and be born? And he's uh, and Jesus, you know, reveals to him that you, you're what you're saying, like you're supposed to be a ruler in, in Israel and you don't even understand these things. And the notion is this is kinship language um, where you, you're a, you're being adopted into a new family. You're, you're a part of a new family and indeed a new kingdom. And that is the kingdom of God. You are born into it. Um, and baptism kind of pictures that and pictures you dying to your old way of life being born again into this new life. But baptism isn't what saves you. Uh, Baptism isn't the way you become a Christian. The most important thing to understand is that we have all done things that are wrong. We've all sinned against God. We call that sin when you do something wrong and, and you do what God doesn't want. And as a result of that, because God is a good God, he must be just. He must dispense justice. He must do the just thing. And so there must be some punishment. Um, And so what Jesus did, what God did through that was he sent his son to die on a cross to take that punishment for us so that we could be born again and spend uh, eternity with with God. And so you might say, well, yeah, but how do I, okay, so I know that everybody does stuff that's wrong and I know that there's a punishment for that and I know that I need to be born again. How do I do that? Well, Uh, The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Now, there's two things there. Number one, you've got to to believe that it's true and trust it, and then you've got to confess it. And, And that doesn't just mean that you've got to verbally confess it, although I think you should do that. What we're talking about here is, that you actually are committing to it. You're not just believing that it's true. You're committing your life to this. The Bible elsewhere says you repent. That means to turn from your life without Jesus to a life with Jesus, to turn from your sin. And so simply put, we're all sinners. Jesus died to take your place. Being born again is entering that new kingdom, that kingdom of all believers, and to be born into a new family. And when that happens, the Spirit will be a part of your life and and indwell your life. But the most important thing is if you understand you're a sinner and that Jesus died for you because of those sins, then what the next step should be for you is to tell the Lord that you want to be a part of that kingdom, that you want to turn from your sins. And uh, you can do that in prayer. There's no magic formula. There's no magic series of words that makes you saved. But I think it's appropriate to tell the Lord that you recognize that you're a sinner, that you're turning from that life without him. You're turning to Jesus. And if, you, if that's really what's on your heart, then the Bible teaches you will, Romans 10, 9 says, you will be saved. That's the part God does. There's no question about it. You will be born again and will welcome you as a new brother or a new sister. So I hope that's helpful. And uh, the good thing about this is this is a video, so you can go back and play it as many times as you need. But I'm praying for you. In fact, I'm going to pray right now that that God will lead you in that process. Father, thank you for this person that is in the chat today, and I pray that you would lead them uh, to the right decision. This would not just be a desire for more information, but that this desire for more information would lead to a, a point of action in their lives where they come to know you and commit to you. We ask you that, Lord, that you would give them the conviction of the Spirit that they would do that. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen all right so there's that and if anyone does that if anyone commits their life to christ let us know um you can contact us at braxton at TrinityRadio.org. all right um
2: we just got a thumbs down for praying and sharing the gospel that's okay that's okay we we can
1: expect that yeah um okay so uh stephan a's and if i'm missing super chats i'm so sorry But thank you for this super chat says, how would you respond to Catholic miracles like visions of Mary and Eucharistic miracles? Well, I would want to take them on a case by case basis. Now, I'm not an atheist. I'm open to miracles and I believe that miracles occur or supernatural events. I I wouldn't be dismissive of miracles that take place in a Catholic context just because they're Catholic Um, with Marian apparitions or appearances of Mary and things like that. Um, I would want to know, is this something that we can we can demonstrate in some way really is Mary as opposed to just an angelic appearance or or not real at all? You know, um, but I'm not close to it. So that would be kind of my first response. And I've been meaning to watch that documentary about the miracle at Fatima. So I haven't gotten to do that yet. Pritchett, did you see that?
2: Nope.
1: MJ Jackson, we mentioned you earlier. Thank you for showing up in the chat we good love afternoon you. and we're not done here yet folks don't don't leave us it's just we getting, need to get, get done
2: up. before winger comes on he's yeah, long do. since built our chat probably so he's probably getting um, ready for uh
1: yeah um okay okay
2: so this is why we do have like no topic shows for q a is him at meta here it look at someone said that he was spamming the super
1: chat i don't
2: but i don't think that's right well, i don't see him
1: here well um. All right. Jamie Russell, thank you for that. Thank you for what you guys are
0: doing. Appreciate that, Jamie Russell. You're a big encouragement.
1: All right. Let's get back to this now. We're we're almost done. Atheists, kind of.
0: too. The most outspoken atheists I know come from some of the most religious families, and some very famous Christians came out of very non-religious homes.
1: Yeah, like Madeline Murray O'Hara, the ha- most hated woman in America, is the name of that documentary, but her son is a Bible-thumping Christian, so um, you don't- the woman who got prayer out of schools— and she had a voice to do that because of her son, who's now a Christian.
0: want kids to believe something is right or good just because they're used to it from you. Richard Dawkins has made this point before, but we Thanks all said that it would be absurd for a parent to say, this is my newborn baby. She's a Republican. Like what? <laughs> no, she's a baby. She doesn't have political thoughts. And yet parents...
1: Well, you know, we don't baptize infants. I realize we've got Catholics and Presbyterians in the chat, but we, um, and not all Presbyterians do that, but, but we don't baptize infants, so I don't know if this kind of goes past
0: Lutherans, Methodists, you know. Anglicans. do life. that all the time with religion. This child is getting baptized.
1: We, we, Dr. Pritchett and I, we affirm a believer's baptism, so when the child gets to the point where they themselves affirm their faith in Christ, that's when baptism takes place. Right, for but
2: us. I still have no problems calling my infant a Christian insofar as my child is a member of a Christian family where we identify as Christian in a Christian community of believers in the church. And until um, they go uh, and re- renounce it or whatever, I'm just going to treat them as such until they make their own public confession of faith. But, you know. I'm not going to treat them as if they weren't a Christian, so I have a right, no problem yeah. saying my my little infant here, that's a Christian baby. But
1: and and even with belief, with infant baptism, my understanding from at least um, <clears throat> like uh, certain Presbyterian groups that do that is that it it functions there very much like um, like when we do a baby dedication day kind
2: of thing.
0: It's acknowledging
2: them as a covenant member that doesn't necessarily mean that they're saved.
0: Because mm-hmm. he's a Catholic. He's a good Muslim child. That kid doesn't know what's going on. Give him some space to figure it out. Don't saddle him with a label he didn't choose. Kids should learn how to challenge their own preconceptions.
1: What's all this should and better and all these value statements and uh, and obligatory statements?
0: We always want our kids to just become miniature versions of ourselves. But in terms of beliefs,
1: Man, I hope my kids don't become right. Do you boosters? want your daughters <laughs> bald? I knew, beard. I knew you were, <laughs> were going to say <laughs> that. I knew you were
0: going to say you that. If like you your trust your kids, to, yeah. and your beliefs are well grounded. Maybe they'll come around and see things your way, and they'll. Do-
1: or bearded.
2: I don't want my daughters bearded right. either. No, they,
0: I, look, they, I, I don't.
2: I don't. I'm not. I'm not, not going to pick on Alabama folks. I'm not. But I, where are the the Christians that he's thinking this happens or it
1: sounds like you think in Alabama
2: (laughs) or maybe he yeah, but I'm just saying, I don't know where any of this comes from. Like as if he's never spent time with any Christian neighbors, you know,
1: seriously, I get that there are, I, you know, the, the YouTube channels that like focus on that sort of thing. Maybe that is, maybe they're doing what they're doing because they happen to be in that group of christians that are like that. Okay? Now I've hung out. So with, I'm going to give you that, but no,
2: christians in general are not doing these things. Right, and I've actually hung out with some atheists, right? Atheist parents, and I'm sorry, it's not just a bunch of beard stroking high, you know, ivory tower lofty conversations going on about ideas all day long. No. No, you they're not. They're it's you know, there's there's no sort of Non indoctrination going on. There's or, no yeah. sort of polar opposite of what he's saying. We shouldn't do those. You know, some of their kids have no problem with their Christian neighbors either, and you know they don't want their.
1: Yeah. Hey, we're go- we're we're going to continue ridiculous. this. We're all we really are almost done. But why don't y'all subscribe to this channel? For goodness sakes, there's a lot of you all that watch this channel that are not subscribers. Come on now, if you're here this long, you've gotten some value out of it. For yeah. themselves, not because. Of- I'm not being myself today. I'm, is this
2: how I am? Always? You've been increasingly becoming more yeah, like you? Yes.
0: (laughs) On them. But even if they don't, so what? Raise your kids to be decent people and then let them forge their own path, even if it's not the one you would have chosen. It encourages doubt. Religion offers so many wrong answers to so many good questions.
1: Assertion. What else
0: is out there? How did we get here? Evolution and cosmology, just to name two subjects, are fascinating, partly because there are so many aspects of those subjects we just don't know. Not yet. But you should believe
2: every bit of it.
0: But that's okay. Even though we don't
2: know much about it, just believe it because, you know, follow the science.
1: Kit Horton, thank you for that super chat. As long
2: as it's science indoctrinating you with maybes... That's what you should believe, but... He says, I'm a Sunday school teacher at
1: an IFB church from Alabama. The stereotype atheists typically attack is real. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, And Derek Baylor says, I'm a subscriber and a patron. Yes, thank you, thank you,
0: thank you. Sunglasses emoji. That's honest. You almost never hear a pastor say, you know, God doesn't really have a position on this issue.
1: You know what you will hear? The Bible's not clear on that topic. Yeah. Which is basically to say the same thing. Right. I mean, it's not, not to say that God doesn't have a position. God does have a position. But I don't know what it is because the Bible's not clear about it. You hear that all the time. Right. Listen.
2: Except in Kid Horton's church.
1: Go to like a Hardee's in a small town or a or a suburb of your community on uh, any particular morning. And and it won't take very long before you'll find a group of preachers sitting there eating godless unhealthy food and go up to them and ask them these questions directly because there will be like one guy who acts like this like he's saying but there will be some real humility there
0: too no god always has an answer for everything
1: amen
0: and it always seems to coincide with whatever the pastor thinks
1: or maybe what the pastor thinks coincides with what he understands god thinks right
0: And even when it makes no sense at all, religious people will just say God is working in mysterious ways.
1: I've heard that phrase more from atheists in my life than I have from uh, Christians. Yeah,
0: It's okay to say we don't know what's happening. That's life. Uncertainty is part of it. Let's teach our kids not to accept a bad answer just to fill a void. They're not old enough they'll learn about God eventually. I'm not saying we should shelter them from religion. Of course, they should learn about different beliefs because well,
1: you are saying we should shelter them from religion right. to a certain po- to a certain age.
0: How old were you when you got saved, Bryson?
2: 5 years old. Your parents were talking to you about big ideas like yeah. God and justice and yes. mercy and forgiveness and sin and holy all these big ideas at 5?
1: No, I don't have you. I no, you ha-
2: can't. No, we want you to be a stupid five-year-old.
0: Don't talk to your kids about this stuff. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Religion is a driving force in our world, and they need to know how to communicate with friends and classmates who are believers. They're gonna make friends with kids who are religious.
2: Yeah, you want your kid to be behind the curve, because these kids right? are going to be exposed to these
0: ideas that but you just imagine don't need to if talk to your kids about. Kids weren't introduced to religion until they were much older, teenagers even. What if one day you said, "I want to tell you about how a virgin gave birth to the Lord, who once walked on water and later got tortured, but then got resurrected." And that's we tell that story st-
2: every year on Christmas and Easter for sure. It's yeah, a great but he's story. saying,
1: "Wait until your kids get older, and then they'll automatically reject that." But of course, you just gave like the the most truncated explanation here's do do you think God exists? That's a sensible question. And if the answer to that is yes, then the next question is, okay, do you think that miracles are possible? Like if there's a God can create a universe from nothing, do you think that miracles are possible? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that God would want to communicate with mankind if he made us? Yeah. Well, probably. Oh, well, there's actually someone who, uh, that may have happened with who happens to be a part of the, you know this massive religion <laughs> that seems right. to okay. So uh, could God have raised him from the dead? If God created you, yeah, okay. It, it's you know you can, can the God things... who
2: brought everything into existence from absolutely nothing that you believe in do what scientists do to virgins now, except without the tools. Right. Well, and, and can, can he pull that off? Is that so, I mean, he pulled off the creation of everything, a- including. Uh, the foundations for science to be able to do in vitro, but can God can can God cause through the Holy Spirit a virgin to get pregnant? You think that's possible? I mean, creation, I know that that's one thing, but this virgin birth business. Huh?
1: Or don't tell your kids, don't shelter your kids from quantum physics, yeah. but wait until they're, let's say, teenagers, and then tell them that... Uh, Scientists have discovered that certain particles just seem uh, to seem to pop into one area rather than another. And the waveform collapses into a position. And it seems like there's no explain to them about quantum entanglement. They're going to think that sounds ridiculous, too, if you haven't given them the platform to get to that point.
2: Or you show them a really cool video made for kids that illustrate those things because you don't need to hide this stuff from kids when they're young, you just give it to them at the level that's appropriate to their age and you deepen it and thicken it as they get older, but you don't withhold it and then throw them into the deep end of the pool.
1: Just notice that we're here to Christians saying, we teach our kids Greek uh, about the Greek gods and we teach our kids about atheism and evolution and, and all physics. that kind of stuff. And you got this atheist on the screen saying, don't keep that secret knowledge away from them right. until they're a certain age. <laughs> right. Funny.
0: Oh, And by the way, some people think eating a wafer means you are literally eating the body of Jesus. Literally. If your kids still take religion seriously.
1: You hear that, you Catholics in the chat? Yeah. He's aiming at you.
0: After all that.
1: Catholics in Alabama. They
0: can be religious. But more often.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, hold up here. Now, hold on. Oh, buddy, that name. Decalo Shidada said, I'm not making fun of your name. Making fun of my inability to, to pronounce your name. Don't people get saved at an older age? Yes, people do sometimes get get
2: saved at an and older. And contrary age. to the popular opinion, people actually get saved at an older age because of apologetics, too. Yep. Even though atheists seem to think that these people don't exist no matter how many letters we read,
0: but and not they accept those stories just because they're used to them. Religious belief, like sex education, doesn't make sense until they reach an age where they have at least some clue about what people are talking about. And like sex, they should know how to do it safely. It's unfair to push your beliefs-
1: You need to learn how to do religion safely.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When they never had
0: a chance to think through it. Especially when we're talking about smaller religions that demand. So
2: him is going to go protest all of this sex ed and. I was uh, thinking uh, that very thing. All this stuff for for second graders. I, I look forward to that video.
1: Yes. Get yes. I mean, all this stuff about. Uh, oh, I can't even talk about it. Or we'll get kicked off. Don't get
2: political, but yeah, but, but yeah, uh, we, we can... will look forward to his video on all this right. stuff. He can. He's. If he ever received an education, I don't know if he's giving us, uh, you know, maybe he came late to the party. But now that you at least seem to be informed about all this, be consistent. We're, we'll wait for your video protesting sexual education to grade school kids.
1: And since you specified that the religious kids should hear about it when they're teenagers, let's go ahead and say at least 13. Yeah, That would be progress. Right? From Better yet, let their parents do it.
0: It can cause a lot of damage. They deserve hell. Have you been around babies?
1: Okay, what you're about to hear is an attempt at humor that I think if you're an atheist, you know, there's a lot of atheists talk about they're traumatized by the concept of hell, even now that they're atheists. And there are a lot of Christians, of course, who think or who are serious about the doctrine of hell. So I don't know who this joke is aimed at, that it's not in horribly poor taste.
0: They can be evil, annoying, smelly. I mean, they kind of deserve hell. So, you know, maybe don't tell them they about God. They deserve hell and, because
2: like, they're annoying and smell.
0: See what happens. Yeah, that's it. He not- says, Let's,
2: so just don't tell them about hell and see what happens.
0: Look, you may think that answer is cruel, but I swear you will agree with me the next time they're crying at 3 a.m. is all I'm saying.
1: They should go to hell, he says.
2: Right, he says they should go to hell for being smelly babies. Ladies and gentlemen, friendly atheists. That's right. Babies deserve hell, not for wicked sins that they'll commit later in life, but, you know, they deserve hell because they smell bad and that they're annoying. Talk about having, sounds a little bit like uh, the thing that he was protesting earlier. They're just worthless. Babies, horrible. Well, there's the, uh, uh, look, in the end, What he's what he's trying to say here is this hell business, you know, that's that's bad. Don't 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 teach your kids about hell and, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, I love babies. I'm ready for grandbabies, but I'm I'm willing to wait until my two younger ones are uh, married before they give me grandbabies. But I do have my oldest son is married and I'm ready for him to get on with it. I want want grandbabies. hear that, Zach? Kendall? Give me a stinky, annoying baby that Hemet thinks should go to hell. I don't think that.
1: Atheist morality. So here's what I want to say here at the end.
2: And Bridget, you can pile on if you want to. But. um, Yeah, put that comment up there because I know that Hemet's not. This is not what he's saying, but that's where it comes from, right? what that this? that see that it but below it see that is atheist morality babies deserve hell for being inconvenient they couldn't produce pleasure in the expected quantities, so they must be worthless and in i don't think that's and fair. aborted no. and all of this other- no not like i said That's. they don't think they should go to hell really no, they don't believe in hell. But the point is, it's what he his point is in the comments is indicative of a culture that celebrates the fact that let's kill him. Yeah. If it, yeah. Um, okay. So
1: let's uh, let's let's be done with this now. Can I can I wind down? Yeah. Okay. I won't say I won't stop you. <laughs> well, okay. Look, if you believe, Pastor Mark said this at the beginning. The very first comment in the super chat, I think if a parent believes a particular thing is true and extremely important, then they're a bad parent. If they don't pass that on to their kids, we happen to believe that Christianity represents the truth about the nature of reality. You don't believe that that's, that's okay. It's not fine. You should believe it, but we do believe it. And so we're going to teach our kids that. And the idea that you don't like that. And the excuse you use is that we're indoctrinating our kids. Everyone indoctrinates their kids. Everyone indoctrinates their kids. If you're using the definition of indoctrination that requires that, it's teaching them stuff without their ability to challenge it or ask questions. I don't know anyone who does that. I'm sure there are Christians who do that. I'm sure there are atheists who do that. What we should do is teach our kids, love our kids. You know, it reminds me of um, there was a Cosmic Skeptic video where he was talking about his fear of hell. And he said, you know, Um, education is the most important thing Uh, and it's an abuse not to educate kids about this and that and the other. No, education is not the most important thing. Being nice is not the most important thing. Love is the most important thing. If you would love your kids, if you give them what they need most, which is love, then you'll educate them properly and you'll do your best to make sure that what you're educating them with is the truth and it's good mental and, and educational nourishment for them. And you'll also be nice when you should be nice. But, The idea that someone who has no access, has no foundation for any kind of morality would tell us what we should do and that this way is better. The way that teaches you that there is no ultimate foundation for an obligation or obligatory terminology, duty terminology like better, worse, good, bad is ridiculous to me. So you stick with Jesus, and the theme of the day is Jesus wins. Right, Bridget? That's right. What else do you have to say?
2: Nothing. You don't have anything else to say? No.
1: Were your feelings
2: hurt somewhere? No. All right. i am just, I I don't know. Videos like this bug me, because someone's like, this is the friendly atheist and all that. Just because you call yourself the friendly atheist and you say, you're all lying to people. In a way like that instead of y'all liars. Liar, I it's a facade. Not buying it. Sorry, Hammett. Just your stick, no. It's a it's a stick. Your stick. I don't I don't care for it. Uh, I think videos like that are absolute nonsense. They are filled with nonsense and should be ignored except for uh the critiques that we give it, which is all the airing it needs. All
1: right. Well, we appreciate that you all have been with us
2: today. We love you, everyone. Hey, we got a super chat there. Roger Sharp? No Roger way. Sharp? Not the Roger the Sharp. The Roger
1: Sharp? Oh, man. I'm so glad you're here, Roger Sharp.
2: That's what's-his-name. Married to Mary Jo, right? Mary Jo Sharp? <laughs> I wasn't going to say Mary Jo Sharp's husband, but he doesn't know. No, no
1: I Roger Sharp pair character jumping up and down saying number one fan thank you
2: so much brother i appreciate it
1: i enjoyed our time together in israel
2: i have never met you in person but i hope to one day
1: oh that's too loud he's awesome all right well we're gonna go but we'll be watching the chat for the next few minutes and uh we thank you all so much for today and we're here every friday at 1 p.m central standard time we look forward to seeing you here next time on Trinity Radio.